Boy here on Outside the Mic featuring Marty oh. Meyer. Do a quick freestyle for us. Marty, go. I only have one stick oh. that I got in my hand, so I can't really do a solo. Don't be like calling me out on that to do a solo right now. You're not like a quest love drummer? What, what's going on? <laughs> Hello, guys. It's Outside the Mic. I'm... Sorry, I'm all over the place. Oh, we're starting. We're all starting. Right. Okay. Focus. Look at me. Ready? Hi, guys. It's Outside the Mic. I'm Jarrett Weimer. And I'm Martin Meyer. And we banter all matters music. We do, right here on Outside the Mic. And this is actually a full episode. Not the full Monty, but the full episode after our last mini episode, Zack Squatch. I want to know where the reference full Monty comes from. Is that Monty um, Python? I don't think so. Okay. But it, you know what it means, right? The full shebang. Yeah, well, it means like if you're a stripper, you take off everything. The full Monty. Seriously. Is that really what that means? Yeah, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> but there was a show called The Full Monty, and these guys, it was a group of guys that stripped, basically. Here it is, Full Monty. It's a British comedy. What does it mean? The it has what? to be British. <laughs> what, what does it mean to go Full Monty, the whole thing, everything that is wanted or needed? Okay, so it's not just... What, what if you do... What if you Stripping. do fully strip and it's not fully wanted or needed? Is it still considered a full Monty or is it more of like a, is it more like you're going to go to jail? It's still the full Monty, but it's oh. the unwanted full Monty. Okay. Then. I'm yeah. just making sure I've got this full Monty thing figured out. Then it's called a, you know, yeah, you're going to jail. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's called. <laughs> that's what that means. Yeah, that's what that means. Sweet. Uh, how's everybody's week going? You can't answer, but let us know anyways. We have had an awesome week here. It's yes, been, we did. It's been hot. I know we said it was hot last in the mini episode, uh, mini episode two, Zach Squatch, but it's been hot here this week. It has, and a little humid. We've had some little breaks in between, like today, this morning, and a little bit of a shower, but we were going to run out and grab our AC unit today, and we decided we'd rather just focus on getting this out. We decided we were mad and we were going to tough it out. We can handle it. You're not sweating. Your face doesn't look Well, I put a hat on. My face doesn't? I'm not glistening? No, you're not glistening. Glistening. That's a good thing. You're not listening either, but you're not glistening. So that's good. A hat just absorbs all that sweat that would be otherwise rolling down your face. It contains the muscle that is contracting, therefore creating perspiration. What's it called? Perspiration. That would be perspiration. Perspiration. There's my buzzer. Starting right. out you got some big words. You got some shout-outs. I do, as long okay. as you're talking about having a good week, too. We had yeah. we asked for some love, and we are happy to report that we got it. And we really if you want love, appreciate you got lot. it. What is that song? I don't think it's I don't is it love? No, I didn't if recognize it. If you want that. love, you got it. I don't think that's right. I'm, I'm guessing not because it's not popping into my head unless it's one of those. But it does end in those with, girl brand. You got it. Is uh, it ACDC? Oh, I'm totally lost on that one. Sorry about doing that. Anyways, 
outside spotlight. Go okay. for it. Okay. Uh, super uh, cool that these people all shared. Uh, excuse me. You put the burp in the microphone? You're supposed to turn your head. <laughs> you know what I heard? Someone told what? me we, uh, we played uh, volleyball on the beach. Yeah. And someone said, that's your cough pocket. You know, instead of, like they say, cover your mouth, you know, with your... I can't do it. But if you're watching the video, uh, which we're not... Anyways, the cough pocket is like if you do the Dracula, you know yeah. what they say? And this is your... Now, this is what they call oh, it the yeah. cough pocket. That's where you sneeze. Yeah. Not yeah. to be mistaken as a hot pocket. I've not heard it referred to as such, but I do understand the logic behind it because they're saying people would put their hands up to their face and sneeze and then you get all over your hands and then you touch everything. So you, now You put your hands that. over your mouth and then it sounds really muffled in the headphones. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> I sounded well, really stupid saying that. Yeah. You put your hands in the headphones? This is quite a good start we have going okay, today here outside on Outside Spotlight. Stay on outside track. Spotlight. Cough pocket. Here so we now go. now what if I cough in my elbow and then I go and I, I hug somebody? You're not my, supposed to share okay. your cough pocket. I'll try not to share my, my hot cough pocket. That'd be good. <laughs> Outsiders, thank you. And this by no means indicates a preference. We didn't even put them in alphabetical order. But we're not we're just going to say outsider Todd, Jeff, Matt, Will, of course, who got us rolling with Zach Sabbath. And, more on that later. Yeah, more on that later. Uh, my wife Elsa, Mike, and Deb. We had seven outsiders who shared um, one or more of our posts. Well, and touching on a little exposure, um, the last week's mini episode, Zach Squatch, got a little bit of an exposure. Uh, we had a little share on Instagram by none other the man himself, Zach Sabbath, or Zach Wild, but it was his account, Zach Sabbath. Or his people. And Will, his the je- the guy that shared, shared it with us, kind of gave us the idea. Yeah. He texted me and was like, dude, did you see this? And I'm like, nah, that can't be right. Like that's, it's probably like a spam account. Got on there. Nope. It's totally Zach Savage sharing our, sharing our post. Yeah. So we had a little bit of an exposure. Um, it was cool. Didn't lead to much, but Hey, we're, we're happy. And Zach, if you're listening, I like your guitar. Yeah. And that's what everybody else said too. (laughs) (laughs) I like his guitar. I'm going to make a comment on that and I don't want to diminish that because we were super excited mm-hmm. but of course when you see something like that you anticipate that you may get some clicks you know you're going to get some more listens too and you can tell though when you look at it and maybe this isn't true for every instagram account but i think for some of them the type of people that are following that instagram account and quite likely a lot of instagram users don't actually read the text or the caption that's associated with right. the photo. Because right. if you look at the comments, it's all just about that picture. And if you actually read the caption, it talks about outside the outside mic because it was our post. And if people would have read that, we probably would have got more link clicks. But it's just like, yeah, cool guitar. I love that outfit. That's a great pick and whatever. So we even went on and I don't think, it, I don't think to, anybody's ever comment or complimented me on my my pick, my that, guitar I pick. I think they did. They liked Zach's pick. Zach's pick, nice. Yeah, I think maybe I made that up. There's but, some truth to that, yeah. and, there, and there's a little bit of science behind it because we've noticed, too, as we're promoting the podcast, there's a difference between interactive posts and just um, you're just prompting for mm-hmm. uh, interaction. If you actually have something that is automatically playable, like a video or such, 
as opposed to a link click, mm-hmm. people are more opt to watch the video because they don't have to do a lot of work with it. You know, yeah. if they have to click a link and it takes them to the next screen and they have to do that, you've already lost them. Yeah. But if the uh, the video automatically plays and all they have to do is go, yeah. you're good. Yeah. <laughs> what are you saying about people there? myself included but no i I watch my my kids who've grown up there that you know social media generation and i observe how quickly it's like high speed right they'll be like whipping through instagram too and like 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 and i'm like how can you even like it when you only took like a second to to look at it but and we were just discussing the old dial-up days where Mm -hmm. it would make the the pretty little tone and when it would load the screen it would start at the top and inch its way down. Oh gosh! Yeah. Until you got the full screen, yeah. unless somebody got on the phone or you got a phone call mm-hmm. in the middle of it. Yeah. yeah. Where's it gonna lead? What's it gonna be like? Microchips embedded into our skin. And they get- <laughs> that's <laughs> just ask Bill Gates. Anyways, that's oh, a political statement. No, Here we go. Get me started. I have a All new right. little thing that I'm just gonna do for today, but it's a surprise to Marty. We're gonna call it Grammy. Or no Grammy. And we're going to discuss and we're going to see if Marty can guess it right. Um, I'm going to name a couple of bands and different artists. Most of them are historic. And um, you have to to guess whether they got a Grammy or they didn't get a Grammy. Are you ready? I'm up for the challenge. I like this. I hope... If we do end up publishing this, we're going to try again. We're trying again today to videotape, which we have done unsuccessfully in the past. But we weren't really sure. And so don't... Judge us for what we're wearing today. I got a hole in Guys, it's hard. Yeah, Marty yeah. keeps flashing his belly button at the camera. You're not going to be able to see it. Maybe you will. He just did it again. Okay. Grammy or no Grammy, Marty, are you ready to play? I'm ready. Okay. First up is your most favorite, ABBA. ABBA. And am I supposed to just know if they won a Grammy You're or You're just not, supposed or? to say, yes, they won a Grammy, or no, I don't think they did. I would say, yes, they won a Grammy. Very good. Okay. Okay. Earn $2 billion in their career. Dancing Queen inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 2015. However, they've never won a Grammy. What? Can you believe that? You've got to be kidding me. I wanted to hit you with the hardest one first. Wow. But they, well, you know what? They're getting back together. I mean, they're... I guess they've been together, but they haven't been performing. Just haven't I don't been doing know. anything. But they're but doing they were, something. Because they were married to each other. <laughs> the boys and the girls. And I don't know if they're even still Not married. the girls and the girls. Yeah, the I don't think so. Okay. It was the boys and the girls. And now I just saw you had mentioned something, and then I saw it on the South Dakota Public uh, Broadcasting Magazine or whatever. They're on the back of that. So maybe they'll get their Grammy now. Sweet. That'd be sweet. So. so in other words, I was wrong on that one. Right. Okay. <laughs> Good. The buzzer's ready. Good. Okay, next one is Carlos Santana. Absolutely, he won a Grammy. You are correct. He won Record Song and Album of the Year 1999 for Supernatural and the song that he did with Rob Thomas. Smooth. Oh, yes. And then, see, that's the one that it was coming to so mind. so smooth. How's that song go again? It is just like the ocean under the moon. It's the same as the emotion that I get from you. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, sped it up a little bit. I'm glad you did a little more because I was not, <laughs> I was grabbing onto that sound wave. Good. I love that album. That was awesome. That was really yeah. good. That was really good. Okay. So I'm one for one. Um, I mean, I'm, 
You're one. You're I'm one and one and one. You're one and one. <laughs> one and one. They don't usually mention it when you're yeah, one. One, and one for two. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Next up is the famous left-handed guitar player, Mr. Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Grammy, no Grammy. <sighs> Grammy, no Grammy for Jimi. I'm sadly, as much as I think he deserved one, I'm gonna guess no Grammy for Jimi. You are correct. <laughs> he was described. As ahead of his time, although in 1992 he was awarded the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. Okay. So not necessarily a Grammy, but he was honored. And pos- posthumously. And it was after he died. Yeah, yeah exactly. Did I say that right? I'm not sure. And posthumously. Yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> Next up, and I chose this up. one just for you, Natalie Cole. Ah. Uh, um... And, and I'm correct in saying that's Nat King Cole's daughter. Yes, you are. Okay. And I'm tugging at my heartstrings because Nat is one of my all-time favorite. Unforgettable. Jarrett. <laughs> that's why, darling, it's okay. incredible. I, yeah. Oh, thank you, Jarrett. That was spot thank on. You. That was... <laughs> That was, but you Fun. couldn't, if you held, if you did a little, what did we call that? A little audio study? Is that what we call that? It? That's not what we, we called did. it. <laughs> you wouldn't have known if that was You wouldn't you know Nat. if that yeah. was Nat King Cole or Jarrett Weimer. You know, normally I would give you all the praise I possibly could, but I'm sorry. When you're comparing yourself to Nat, he's one of my, well, that was good. That was good. You were on pitch. Grammy, but no Nat, Grammy. Nat is one of the greatest singers of all time, as far as I'm concerned. He's in my top three, maybe my top one vocalist, and he's an incredible keyboard player, too. On really? That. Didn't know that. Yeah. Did you not well, know that? Well, he was, right? Well, that was the thing, is they, it was kind of like with um, Karen Carpenter. You know, mm. she was an incredible drummer. Drummer, right. But at, once they realized how important and how incredible her voice was, they were like, nope, you got to stop drumming, you're going to be out front. And they did the same thing with Nat. Yeah. Pulled him off the keys and because he was such a crooner, they put him on the mic. But he's an amazing, amazing keyboard player. Listen, some if you've never taken the time, people, check out the Cole Trio. That's straighten up and fly right. Straighten up and stay right. You ever heard that song? No. Straighten up and fly right. Cool down, Papa. Don't you blow your top. Okay, we're gonna play that song for the end of this episode. But Natalie, Natalie Cole, Cole. Grammy, Grammy, no Grammy. Yes, she did. Female vocalist or something. Oh, she won it for the duet. I bet. Natalie Cole won Best New Artist in 1975. Oh, did she really? She did. All right. Gosh, I'm doing good. And and most and some of these had won. As I was going through the years, yeah, they had won, trying to make sure I'm saying that correctly, several or multiple Grammys throughout the years, but I would just choose one. So okay. you could one as in W O N. They had one. Not they had one, one but W O N one. But I didn't I only picked one, O N E. In if if they had multiple You know how you tell the difference? When you say one, you say one, and when you say one, you say one. Wow. I, I want it. Okay, here's a tricky one. <gasps> Grammy, no Grammy, the band Queen. Grammy, no Grammy, the band Queen. Did she, I would like to check that at some point. Did she, uh, who's she? My phone's buzzing at me here. <laughs> Natalie, I think she won for that duet they did with posthumously with her dad. Maybe, too. but answer this Queen, Grammy, no Grammy. I, just because I want them to have won a Grammy so bad, I'm going to say yes. But I'm kind of leaning towards maybe they didn't. But I'm going to say yes. We are the yes. champions. Just right. not 
in the Grammy. Oh, no. Inducted to the Grammy Hall of Fame in 2008 and the Grammy Lifetime Achievement in 2018, they, however, they never have won a Grammy. Wow. Yeah. That seems like a slight. Right. Like, that just doesn't seem right. How many were they nominated for, I wonder? I didn't check that. Hmm. That's a good question. That would be good to know about all these folks. Well, at least I, uh, you know, I gave you a little bit of a something, something with the, if they did win something, something. I'm good. I'm good. And I'm impressed with this little game you came up with anyway. That's yeah. cool. Next time, do a little bit of homework on that. Just heads up. There's no prize. <laughs> okay. okay. Next Aww. one. <laughs> you will not win a new car. <laughs> okay. All right. Next Maybe. one. We have. No prize, Jared. Katy Perry. <laughs> Missed that. That's good. Katy Perry. Boy. <laughs> Katy Perry won a Grammy. Oh, okay. That Katie doesn't me as much as Queen, but <laughs> yeah, I I'm you starting to go downhill now, darn it. But here's something cool about her. Okay. Uh, though she didn't hasn't won a Grammy, Katy Perry is the first woman to have five hit singles in one album. No kidding, and yet she didn't win a Grammy. And didn't win a Grammy, nope. Has well, then, been nominated. I didn't see that. I did see that. She's been nominated several times, just didn't, didn't sing. Five hit, meaning like top 40 hit singles? Yeah. In one album, the first woman ever. First woman, woman, not the, not to be mistaken for the first warman. Warman, <laughs> who was the first warman that, uh, that had five? He's a he's a jerk. Okay, we won't even bring, yeah, him, up even bring him up then. Wow, that's okay. Thank you for that fun factual tidbit there. I like that. Yeesh. Okay, except um, I need to get back on a roll here. <laughs> man, next one we have Bob Marley. Bob Marley. Oh, Jarrett, Jarrett, Jarrett. What do you my t- My first gut reaction was to say no. And I think it's just because, again, it's one of those people that I really, I bet posthumously, I'm going to have to look that up to see if I'm pronouncing that right. I bet he won a Grammy later, but I don't know if he did. I'm, I'm just going to say yeah. yeah. Just go for it, yeah. Yeah. You're playing a dangerous game using words you don't know the meaning to. What if you look that up and it's something really naughty? Well, no, it's not naughty. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Posthumous. I'm, I was pretty close. Poths, posthumously. Not to be mistaken for hippopotamus. It's after the death of the originator. It means posthumous. Ah, very good. You try to say that three times fast. Posthumous. Posthumous, 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 posthumous. Pretty good. Yeah, I think you just changed it to posthumous. But I did. What was it? Posthumously. Oh, with a T-H? Posthumously. Yeah, we'll have to look at the pronunciation. Hey, look, it has a thing we can click. Posthumously. Jeez. <laughs> did she have to yell? <laughs> you like that? Yeah, okay. Let's, let's hear that one more time. No. <laughs> posthumously. 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 It sounds like a chumously. Chumishly. And it, they spell it that way. They do a ch, so it's posthumously, not posthumously. Thank you. You were close. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that little <laughs> lesson, Marty. Okay. I'm gonna say that Bob Marley probably won award posthumously. Stop it. <laughs> Good okay. God. Okay, Bob Marley. Would you have all the sound effects right now? Would you just? <laughs> I'm loaded here. We here go. Would you just quit it? Okay, okay Bob Marley. On. Did not. Loaded. Dang it! <laughs> You're not doing. What uh, are you two for four right now? You know, I was no. I was actually, I was up to three right at some point. At but some I think point. I've gotten none right since <laughs> yeah. then. So. Yeah. Okay. So his only nomination was 20 years after he died for the best long form music video. He was nominated 
after he died. 20 years after. He it was nominated really... posthumously. Well, shut it with that. I am going to murder you with a murder of crows. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Sorry. What was it? Good Lord. It wasn't even something musically he wanted for the best long form music video. I'm glad you're so amused by this. I'm enjoying this. I can't believe that that had a pronunciation thing. So, yeah, okay. So are there, oh, I'm, I am on a roll going downhill. I'm going to steal the ox cord from you next okay. time. All right. Next up we have. You could have had one set up yourself, but you just weren't prepared. So you're going to have to deal with me now. Okay, go ahead. We Next. have the lovely Cheryl Crow. Oh, okay, synchronicity again. Try to hit me. And I'm sorry, now I do have to reveal a little truth. And it's, we actually had to do a little edit, and you probably won't even notice where it was. It's raining outside here in Hot Springs. It always seems to rain. When on we podcast do day, yeah. Yeah, on podcast <laughs> day, and we had some thunder. And my wife called, hmm. and then your wife called, at literally almost the, same the exact time. same time. And so we had to go out, and then Jarrett helped. My um, wife locked her keys in her car, so I had to dip out real quick. There we go. And my wife was just wondering. She got back from rapping one. was wondering where a nine-year-old was. So that's sort of a legit. Those are both, a, I think they're both legit. Yeah, yeah. It, if it was anything else, I'd be like, could this wait? But yeah, yeah. it was so raining, and she was, was good locked. Thing. So why, the reason I had to bring... Yeah, <laughs> missing a nine-year-old keys card. Yeah, okay, we'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll take slide. a break for that. I went out and once again had to roll up my windows. And when I went in the car, there was a Cheryl Crow song playing. Oh, do you know what it was? It's uh You're oh, I wish it could. It's mistake. It's not one. It's one I really like actually, and um, I can't think of the title, but it's a sun comes up on the Santa Monica Boulevard. Did we talk about her once? We did. When you used to hang out with her at the... Well, I didn't hang at, out with What her. was it called? The My Office? It's called My Place. My Place. In Santa Monica. Good memory, Jared. Thank you. Good memory. But anyway, so that's interesting. I know. I happen to know for a fact that she did win a Grammy. Yes. Best New Artist in 1994. Yep. You got yeah. it. Good yeah. job. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure they said some of my friends would be like, yeah, he knows a lot about Cheryl Crow. He knows that's a lot kinda, about Cheryl Crow. Well, because I did see her before she was big and she was just a backup singer. So that's kind of cool. Next up, we have the Beach Boys. Okay. They had to have won a Grammy. And if they didn't, I'm going to say that's the biggest slight ever. Yes, they won a Grammy. The biggest slight ever. Nice. Is that the right? Um, see how that's pronounced. <clears throat> the be- Would you quit it with the... With the we're not, this is not an English podcast. Okay. The Beach Boys earned four Grammy non- nominations, but never won. Slight. I just want to punch you in the throat. <laughs> that is a total slight. That's amazing. You're kidding me. <laughs> they never won. I got to see if I'm right on the definition, though. A small in degree, inconsiderable. That's like a slight, not profound. You're being very today. inconsiderable right now. <laughs> not sturdy or strongly built. I don't know if I'm right the way I'm using that. An insult caused by a failure to show someone proper respect or attention. There you go. I'm going to say, especially with the Beach Boys, that's an insult. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> You're so offended. How many times Let were me, they nominated? Nominated for, for four Grammy nominations, but never won. Inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame, however. Okay. I don't have a year well, listed here. Okay, I'll, I'll settle down then. Whew, take it get take off my soapbox. you got to ohm it out. Um, oh. That's it for Grammy, no Grammy. Oh, you're kidding. Yep, that's all I got for this round. Uh, well, maybe we'll do some more another time, but I thought that was kind of fun. 
Hmm. That was fun. I thought that was a lot of fun. I'm really glad you did that. We might have to do that again, for sure, at some point in time. Right. Soapbox. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? I said I'm going to get off my soapbox. Soapbox. You didn't. And you, you changed it to it. a female? I didn't do that. It just did it automatically. Mm. I don't know what happened. <laughs> so I'm sure. sorry. I promise I'm done with those, maybe. We just lost I might be 500 views, that. listens, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I'm having fun. That's important. <laughs> That's all that matters. That is so important. Well, do you want to go first or should I go first? I think you should because you know what? I kind of get a feeling that knowing the way we run, we might not even have time for my. And if we don't, I'm probably just going to give sort of an intro to my my, uh, highlight of somebody's career today. Okay. 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 Yeah. All right. Well, I can do that. Let if me, you're uh, ready, and if you're not ready, you know, that's fine. I can sit here and look up some more words. No, we don't need that. They, you sure? Yeah, we're, sure? I'm, I'm okay. positive. I think we're, we got it. We got it here for sure. Positive? <clears throat> okay. Super positive. Right. Super positive. I'm just getting it pulled up. Here it comes. Grammy. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're to, taking too long. I'm trying to find it. <laughs> I'm, I'm frantically have. trying. Okay, here, I got it right here. I got it right here. No more. Quit it. it. Okay, I promise. Abba. <laughs> At least we know how to say Abba. <laughs> Abba. Okay. Did you, when you went out and rolled your <laughs> windows up, did anything else partake? No, okay. absolutely You didn't not. partake in anything else but a Cheryl Crow song? Oh. oh um, okay. Um, all right. I'm ready. You ready? Good. I'm ready. So we are going to talk about the Oki from Muskogee. Ooh, do you know who that is? I'm going to guess and I'm going to say that I'm not 100% positive, but it's interesting because today, which we probably won't see now on our video, uh, <laughs> which we failed at once again, we're going to get there eventually, <laughs> Outsiders, but we have this, uh, maybe we'll just post part of it, like an intro, sure. the beginning. Yeah. We put up our vinyl wall and uh, Jared actually did a post in regard to that and it's pretty cool. We have three layers, three rows of LPs, and right behind me is Merle Haggard. Good God, man. You type it into Google real quick, because yeah, that was, you couldn't <laughs> have done that. It's Merle Haggard, I know that. I know that, but uh, I'm going to guess that he is the Okie from Muskoki. Is that right? Muskoki. Muskoki, yeah, there you go. Haggard. There you go, Haggard. Good job, Google girl. Haggard, she got it right. Okie from, oh, it says right here. That's Why? the album. We even have the Muskogee. Okie from Muskogee album hanging up oh, on our vinyl wall. How cool is that? Did you do that because you saw this LP? You had mentioned, we were we were storyboarding the other day, yeah. and you were talking whatever, and I think you made the comment or something like, we haven't done country yet, or or oh, whatever. Yeah. And I looked through our from the control room. I looked in and I saw the Merle Haggard thing, and I'm like, I know a story we could do. And I'm sure a lot of people already know this, but there's a lot of details that I didn't know that I think are going to be really cool. I'm not even sure if you, be, being not an avid country listener, may have known this. I'm not sure I did, and I'm wondering if so was if I didn't know who the Oki was. You were just going to keep going, and then I was going to. Well, we're not. It's guess, not even really or... around the Oki from Muskogee, but that's okay. just one of his songs, and I thought that was clever. And have we really not covered anything country to this to point? Think. Well, no, we did. Uh, didn't we? Didn't we do something about? No, that was the gal who won um, American Idol. She wasn't really country. Oh, you're uh, talking about uh, shoot, 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 Kelly Clarkson? Yeah, Kelly Clarkson. No, she I mean really she kind of, she kind of 
you know, dabbled yeah. in it, but never really. I mean, more of a pop star than. And we've mentioned Carrie Underwood before, but we didn't feature her at all. So I don't think so. Isn't that cool that it's actually we've done enough enough episodes now where I can actually have to think back a little bit. Right, right. So this is folks number sixteen, I believe, overall. Holy buckets! Yeah, crazy. An American country singer, who, in my opinion, defined the meaning of outlaw country, as he was known for many years as an outlaw on the run. That's a little bit of foreshadowing. Here we go. Ooh. <clears throat> Merle Ronderd. Oh, Johnny Cash. Oh, Excuse me. What was that, Jared? <laughs> I've uh, messed up. Okay. Let's try that again. All right. Merle Ronald Haggard. <laughs> yeah, you got me all mixed up. <laughs> okay. Was born April 6, 1937 in Oildale, California during the rough era of the Great Depression. Oildale. Not familiar with Oildale. That's pretty cool. Here's how it's spelled, just so you can check me. O-I-L-D-A-L-E. Pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, I I think you got that right. I think I could get that word. Oh, Oil Dally. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. Are you serious? No. Oh, God, don't do that. (laughs) I'll believe anything now after getting Ryan wrong. Oildally. Oildily, California. No, <laughs> not to be right. mistaken for a doily. Yeah, you're right. Okay, um, so he was born in the in the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyone who knows the story of Haggard knows that he had a pretty rough childhood. Um, but we'll talk. We'll go into it. I did not know that, and it, it's probably one of those things that at some point, watching TV growing up and Hee Haw or whatever, they probably talked, touched on Merle's past. But oh, I don't I'm remember. sure, so and I'm sure cool. he was featured on it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Haggard misfortune started well before Merle was born. Uh, Merle's parents, Flossie Haggard and James Haggard, first lived in Chicota. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to get this one for me. Chicota, Chicota. Spell Oklahoma. it for me. Easton even has some family that lives in Oklahoma, so I'm pretty really really. Chicotoa, 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 Chicotoa. Spell it. C H C H E C O T A H. Chickata. Chickata. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't even come up, so it's really? not yeah. Chekata. Chekota. But it's I think that would be Chekata. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out later. That's close enough. Okay. Chickata, Oklahoma. Um so first they lived in Chickata, Oklahoma, the mm-hmm. parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they experienced a serious barn fire in nineteen thirty four that forced the couple to move to California during mm-hmm. the Great Depression. And Merle was alive during not the yet. barn. No, not during the barn. Fire. Not yet. Okay. He was born in California, so this was before his time. Okay. So the family basically had to start over. Um, so they ended up in Bakersfield first. Mm-hmm. So during that time, James, the father of Merle, uh, who's a self-taught carpenter, began working for the Santa Fe Railroad. Hmm. Uh, times were super hard, and opportunity for for any sort uh, uh, of quality of life uh, were few and far between, uh, except for one day. A woman approached James and presented James with the possibility of converting a rail boxcar into a house for him and his family. Cool. Yes, very cool. And Mm. now I'm going to share a picture of the boxcar because it still exists today. The boxcar house. Okay. Um, It's actually in a museum now. Wow. And it's very cool. I mean, you can't. It it looks more like a house now than it does a boxcar. But there were some old pictures of it, and you could tell he had to get creative and put windows in this thing, and you can. An old wooden boxcar back in the day, you can imagine. Yeah, well, I say cool, and yet think about how many kids did they have? They so at that time, this is this is kind of before this is right before Merle was born, and, and okay. he had two older siblings. So and yeah. he had a, yeah, I think he had a couple of 
siblings around his age. I'm not sure. I didn't really look into that, but I know that there were several kids. It depends on how you look at it. You know, you've got the tiny home boom. Right. So that's sort of like a cool thing. But back right. then it probably seemed like we're living in a box car. But yeah. at least you had a roof over your head. He's like, exactly. Yeah, at least you had cool. a roof over your head. And that's probably where a lot of those expressions come from is the era of the Great Depression. Right. Um, right. But anyways. You ever we'll, see a cartoon? It was a boxcar kids. Boxcar kids. Wasn't that the, and there was a book series, right? I think so. I read yeah. the book series. Yeah. Okay. That was a great books. I loved it. Cool. Um, so uh, during this, to kind of my research, I learned a lot of about the Great Depression. So I just kind of want to talk about some kind of fun facts about the Great Depression, then we'll continue well, on. Well, then story. talk about it, Jared. I'm gonna. By so, all means. The Great Depression lasted from 1929 to 1939, and popular foods like macaroni and cheese, chili, and corned beef were developed during the Great Depression. No kidding. Macaroni and cheese. Yeah, like, that's figures. The one that, yeah. Figures. They that's, would, I think, when a lot of the really um, unhealthy Just stuff, whatever they could cheap. come up with. Yeah, yeah, making it cheap and just affordable and mass-producible, and boom. Right, right. right. They would oftentimes flavor food with tobacco. <laughs> what? Right. Tobacco is yeah. super expensive That's now. During our era. my food <laughs> tastes like a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> but have you ever? And I've never. But I've chewed on a to, like a raw tobacco yeah. plant, and it actually does have kind of a juicy flavor. I don't know how. Well, else you think to of it as a seasoning. Yeah. I then that kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Basil, a leaf or whatever, but flavoring a food with, I never heard of that. Before. Probably just like to get the bland stuff. Wow. A little bit of a spice. Wow. <laughs> spice. <A> spice. <laughs> spice. Listening to the radio was often a preferred and only entertaining pastime. So in 1930, they created the first car radio. Cool. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. The chocolate chip cookie was invented in 1933 and became the most popular time, uh, most popular item to be sent to soldiers during World War II. So this is the same time they moved into the boxcar. That's why you're giving us this. I'm just yeah. The, okay. I'm basically, but what I wanted to do to a different story there for a second. You're like, yeah. This, <laughs> we were talking about a boxcar, and now we're well. What I wanted about to do was just end. show in rough times how creative people had to get he had to create a house out of a boxcar okay. so i started just finding out what what else was invented during that time out of all of the depression yeah and the suppression out of yeah necessity yeah out of extreme necessity, necessity yeah this one's cool board games are another great pastime and thus pro and this prompted the creation of monopoly in 1935 the inventor Charles Darrow got the idea from watching friends and neighbors play made-up games where the object, uh, the objective of the game was to buy and sell property. Hmm. Um, and it's kind of sad because you think probably during those times, buying and selling property was probably not something... Like the real estate market was probably not very good at that time. Well, yeah. And so it, it's almost like they're dreaming of better days where they can buy a new house or something. It's Pretend just, you have a bunch of money and what would you do? What you would you do with it? Exactly. Money, you know? Monopoly, right? So, yeah. Cool. Arguably, the Great Depression pushed people to get creative with how they spent their days. And so making money and earning a living was an issue for most everyone. So you really had to think outside of the box. <laughs> Which is exactly what yeah. James Haggard did. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, after working on the boxcar and slowly converting Merlin. into a house, the Haggards moved in, and um, it's known today as where Merle Haggard was born. He was born in the boxcar. So here's a question. Hit me. Usually, if it's a boxcar that's not being utilized anymore, I used to work for the railroad. 
it would be on a siding or something like that. Where where was this boxcar? Do you know? I'm wondering if regulations weren't as tight back then, and a, and a woman just presented it to him. That's all the articles, and I looked at mm-hmm. several of them, and they just said this. But they're pretty heavy, and they roll on a track. So how are you gonna? I mean, maybe they just rolled it off a siding somewhere and said, "Here, you can." Maybe, yeah. Go over here. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they were planting. I'm sure there was people living just about anywhere. Yeah. It wasn't like you're on my property, bro. It was like, yeah, I found this hole in the wall and this is where we're going to live for a while. Maybe. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Curious. Yeah. yeah the internet. Lots yeah, of curious. Yeah. It's definitely a historic time, sad time, but uh, there's a lot of history to be learned there. I got to, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I'm getting choked up. <laughs> a little bit clamped. No, I'm not. But what I think is fascinating as I keep glancing and as you continue this story, I'm sure we're going to, you know how, and there's actually a book written in this regard that how sometimes people, their name can actually shape sort of who they are. And in fact, if you go back to the very origin of people having names, you had an, you were a, called Baker if you were a baker. Oh, yeah. Uh, And there was actually that your name was who you were, and it kind of described you. But here we're talking about this family, Hard Road. Yeah. Haggard actually means looking exhausted and unwell, especially from fatigue, worry, or suffering. Wow. So that's a little crazy. Maybe it's a little name, isn't it? A little namesake. A little namesake. What's that that word? Named... Sake, namesake, namesake. I it would it would correspond with whatever that book said because it talks about that. Where if you have, I mean, you think about it. There's a lot of energy in words, sure. And not that that necessarily meant that they were destined to. I mean, look at what Merle did. Right. Yeah. He, right. He and popped and w- out of. And it, the story so. gets better. Yeah. Good. So years went by, and Merle grew to be a young lad when tragedy struck again. Oh. Haggard. Quit it. <laughs> I promise that's my last time. James Haggard suffered from a brain hemorrhage and died in 1945. Okay. So this deeply affected oh. Merle, and it ultimately set a course for him at a young age that would lead him down Sorrow Lane. I'm sorry I laughed before yeah. that. That was really yeah. sad. It's very distasteful. <laughs> um, times were even tougher on the Haggard family, so Flossie, Merle's mother, began working as a bookkeeper to Flossie. make... Flossie. Flossie. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Flossie uh, Haggard. She did not become a dental assistant. No. She went <laughs> began working as a bookkeeper to help make ends meet. That yeah, was name a, thing doesn't that always was a work. Zinger. <laughs> they probably didn't even invent floss then. Probably so not. They were, she I was don't destined know. to invent it and didn't. So go ahead. It was at this time that Merle received his first guitar from his, his adult older brother. And it was how Merle spent most of his time as a child. And it was described that he did this alone and secluded with just him and his records. Right. So it definitely was a um, an out for him. Not necessarily, you know, he could could get away from the world for a yeah. while at a young age. And I'm sure there's a siren going off here in our little town. Which is that's the second time it tells you how often the siren goes off. Yeah, that we've it's been usually every Saturday. It feels like that that's gone off while we were recording an episode yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. I promise you, we're not in Armageddon. Though yeah. this town, it's all, it's all good. They just use it to call the volunteers. Um, Small town. It, it, this is interesting because just sidetrack just for a second too. You hear about this when we talk about stories about artists too. I think there was somebody else who you know they got a guitar and then that was it. Yeah. And you see that, and you know, 
I think it still happens, but it probably happened more frequently back then because you think about it, there wasn't as many other distractions. Sure. You know, and unless you were like having to work your butt off on a farm or something, you know, if you were given a guitar and you lived in a boxcar and you were, you know, and you maybe you didn't have a job, it's like, what else are you going to do? It was probably the coolest thing. And I imagine, especially in the 1930s, the quality of that guitar probably wasn't great. And and I'm going to reference the action, which is like the depth of the string from the fretboard was probably sky high. Oh gosh. Yeah. You know, you uh, yeah. so nowadays, you, you can real strong <laughs> ringers, Yeah. Nowadays you can just walk into a guitar center and say, Hey, fix my guitar and they can lower your, lower your action. Sure. Back then guitars weren't made as, um, you know, they couldn't, they could, they, you really couldn't adjust a lot of them in some, um, if you did, if you were able to find a luthier who built guitars, they would also often have to like shim it or shave down the neck depending on, uh, or brace it if it, if they, you know, they really didn't have mm-hmm. much glue back then. So well, basically guitars the, from like Montgomery Ward or right, you know, whatever yeah. catalog companies too. So. And the point I'm trying to get at is, so though this may be their only source, sort of, of entertainment, mm-hmm they probably had to work really hard at getting good at the guitar and a lot of yeah. contributed to yeah. going through the pain of pushing these strings down to make these chords to learn. Well, in a way it could at. make you better. <clears throat> That's why I, t- I teach piano. And when you buy <clears throat> a lot of times the new keyboards, they'll have a softer touch, oh, yeah. the electric electric keyboard. So I either get a real piano or get the one that has weighted keys because you you don't even think about it, but if you're not exercising and having to push down as much, you're not going to develop the strength that you need to develop. Sure. The keyboard. So it's like so. if you're playing on a toy piano and yeah. you move to an actual piano, yeah, you're going to notice a lot of resistance. Yeah. Yeah, and you're speaking. I guess so. Yeah, I never thought about that being an exercise for sure. Cool. So he just got his guitar. Times are rough. Father James has died. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where things really began to change for Merle. Uh, because his mother worked most hours of the day, the young boy found himself getting into a lot of trouble. Aww. And so after his father passed, Merle progressively became more rebellious. So his mother, bless her pea-picking heart, uh, had enough of his mischief and sent him away to a juvenile detention center Aww. to hopefully change his behavior. Um, however... It only worsened it. Well, he was playing guitar a lot, but he was also getting in trouble. He was, yeah. Okay. And it, it, it's only the beginning. Okay. Um, in his young years, Merle Haggard committed numerous offenses, most of them minor, um, you know, things like theft and, and writing uh, bad checks. Uh, he found himself at the age of 14 back in a detention center where he soon ran away from, fleeing to Texas where a buddy of his, Bob, um, I'm going to say Teague, uh, and, and, and Bob and, and Merle were really good friends most of his life, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not sure if they stayed friends after Merle's career took off, but throughout this story, most of the mischief that Merle gets into, it's him and his buddy Bob. Bob Teague. Yep. It okay. is said that Merle rode uh, freight trains and, hitch, and hitchhiked to Texas from California when he ran away. Hmm. Yeah. To Bakersfield? Nope. He ran from Bakersfield. He he ran away to Texas. Okay. Where he met up with his buddy Bob. Okay. Teague. Okay. Um, so he later returned to California with Bob, only to end up in more trouble and back into a juvenile center. Uh, again, where he ultimately escaped from. 
Um, Haggard. Go, go Merle. Yeah, yeah. He had a unique skill of being able to plan successful escapes from detention centers and jails. Wow. Yeah. He was cool. very... But it also... It also later will cause him a little more a little more trouble. Well, yeah, I suppose. Um, his teen years were trouble when you escape from prison, yeah. Right. His teen, teen years were spent in, in and out of juvenile centers, and, and he would work alongside his pal Bob T, um, and they, they moved to Modesto, California, so from Bakersfield to Modesto. Okay. Um, he even had his first musical, musical performance with T, at a small bar named the, the Fun Center, where he was paid... And I quote, $5 and a free beer. Wow. Yeah. That was probably a lot then. That was probably a lot. $5 you could gas your tank and eat a dinner. Uh, it was a, I think it was just one performance. Okay. Um, <clears throat> from 1950 to 1957, Merle continued to find trouble with every turn. By 1957, Merle was married. Um, and I, I checked the math. I think he was like 20 years old. He is in trouble then. Yeah, Merle's married, <laughs> and but he was ridden with financial burden, uh, which forced his hand at attempting to rob a Bakersfield roadhouse. Wow. Um, he was, of course, caught and sent to Bakersfield jail, uh, which Merle being Merle, attempted to escape from it. Well, of course. Right. And he wasn't successful? No. This okay. is where Merle finds rock bottom. Um, because he had a history of running running and escaping jail, um, detention centers and, and jail cells were no longer suitable for him, so he was transferred to the San Quentin prison. Maximum security. Yes, on yeah. February 21st, 1958, and he was just 23 years old. Wow. So wow. let's stop and just compare lives. What were you doing at the age of 23? I was trying to escape from a maximum security prison. <laughs> That's what I was doing. I don't believe that. And I made it. I would have made it, too. If it wouldn't have been for those meddling kids. And their dog. And their dog. <laughs> no, 23. <laughs> I was being a nice young man. I don't believe it. I had, um, I had just moved to California. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. So I was working at Sears and wondering what the heck I was going to do with my life. I was trying to figure out if I was going to go to acting school or music school. So there you go. Okay, well, uh, I guess my 23 is, well, I got married. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. But you and I were, I mean, I was here. We were still doing studio stuff. It wasn't much. Yeah. We didn't have the podcast. Gosh, you were young when you got married. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> my wife was 21. Holy smokes. Yeah. We, I was old. Now, yeah. You, how old were you when you got married? Not really old, but I was uh, 35. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> speaking of wives, to make matters worse, <laughs> while Merle is in prison, the news spread that his wife had gotten pregnant by another man. I'm not sure that sounded so good. <laughs> <laughs> that, but that his wife had gotten pregnant by another man. While he was in prison. While he was in prison, because he couldn't escape in time to stop yes. that from happening. Um, so Why not? As the article that I read, it was actually the wiki that I, that I read, it said that this pushed him over the edge psychologically. Okay. Um, and his quality of life in prison, for whatever that means, dwindled um, due, to his, due to his behavior. He was fired from his prison job and ultimately detained and unable to leave his cell past 4 p.m. as he was considered a flight risk. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Well, was this... <laughs> this was... Did he get arrested for armed robbery? Was it like an armed... 
robbery. Yeah, so he was an armed robbery, and before okay. that, he was he got sent, and I think he was still young enough, but he got sent to a juvenile center for beating beating a kid up pretty bad. Holy smokes, Merle! So he was a bad kid. Man, he was bad. Yeah. Well, you bad, know what? Badly, Roy Brown. Yeah, talk about having the life experience to be able to take that into your creative expression your music well just big time you yeah. just you just wait brother Here okay i'm gonna wait <clears throat> so considered a flight risk he can't leave his cell past 4 p.m i'm sure if you were on good if you were a good behaving prisoner you were able to do you were able to have a job you were able to have rec time and you see the tv shows where they show that i think that's how they usually do it like at parole they're like you are a good behaving prisoner <laughs> you're a good little boy you <laughs> get gonna... tv today <laughs> you get to go there we go <laughs> Okay, so, um, yeah, so for good behavior. Yeah. So, um, he can't have a prison job. His wife knocked up by another man. Boy, not looking good for him. Merle develops other means to make money while serving his time. He developed and coordinated gambling bets, and he would brew prison-grown beer. Right on. (laughs) Yeah. So, not only is he an outlaw, he's a moonshiner, too. How the heck do you do that in prison? I don't know. It wasn't very brilliant because like tobacco um, flavored. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It didn't last long for him. Okay. Um, he ended up getting drunk and was caught. So he spent a week in solitary confinement, where he met the famous death row inmate Car- Carol or Carl. It's C A R Y L. I'm going to say Carol, but it's a man. Carol Chessman. Maybe it's Carl, and he spelled his name. I was going to say it could be Carl. Yeah. Carl Chessman. Um, a little backstory on Chessman. Chessman is noted to be a, a man who was executed for non-lethal kidnapping. Ultimately, he was sentenced on uh, little to no evidence and for a crime that wasn't really applicable to, be, to the terms of execution. Oh, he was on death row? Yeah. Wow. Um, so, on the day of his execution, this is this is a little... This and is you don't know what the, the crime was that he was... Well, he couldn't... He, supposedly kidnapped but there wasn't really evidence to pin him to it okay um but it was a non-lethal kidnapping so that doesn't really you don't you don't get the the uh you don't get what am i trying to say execution (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) um you don't get executed for kidnapping yeah not unless somebody non-lethal kidnapping Yeah. yeah i don't i don't know yeah, I, I didn't really. really look into the background of his because I was more for. There's probably some on politician's daughter or something like that in there. Like, good, yeah, that's a good hang point. Him. Yeah. yeah. Um, so on the day that he was sentenced to be executed, the federal courts attempted to pend his execution by ways of um, habeas corpus. Am right. I saying that right? Habeas yeah. corpus. Yeah. What was his name again? Carol. C A R Y L. Carol Chessman. Chessman. Okay. Yep. Um, and habeas corpus just means. What do you think? I looked it up, but it's like a false, a false um, um, verdict, or like a they they didn't really do it, so they were gonna get him out of it, or there wasn't enough evidence to pinpoint him. I'm sure you look up the I, definition. I'm, I should know this, and I this is something I feel really stupid for even having to look it up, but I know it's a, a you know a term that you hear. Yeah. A lot yeah. when it comes to legal proceedings and whatever. So a writ requiring a person under arrest to be brought before a judge or into court, especially to secure the person's release unless lawful grounds are shown for their detention. Sure. Um, so I guess it's their right to come before a judge 
Is that the way I'm reading that? that I think you're right. And, and uh, recourse on, in law through which a person can report an unlawful detention or imprisonment to a court and request that the court order the custodian are the, of the person, usually a prison official to bring the prisoner to court to determine whether the detention is lawful. Okay, so it gives And you that was the whole thing. Yeah. Because there was no real evidence, yeah. Chessman was convicted and ultimately... And I'll and I'm going to give it away, but he was ultimately executed. Who man um, he was? So well, on it does the day say that, on here that he was also a rapist. So it could that, have been, but there wasn't evidence right. right to it. I don't know. I didn't look into the crime. Okay. Um, no, I'm going to on be the day of his execution. A story about old Carol Chessman. Sure. I'm yeah. Carol. On the day of his execution, uh, they attempted to reach the executioner and 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 pen the execution and delay it. However, um, the court secretary who was making the call, she misdialed the prison switchboard's phone number, and by the time they were actually able to reach the executioner, it was too late, and they had already oh, started. no. Yeah. Oh, that's so. just, that's, that's sad. And it was the electric chair? The electric chair, yep. Okay. Um, or I think it was, probably, yeah. Because it, it, it said that they reached him. Gas but, chamber gas chamber the execution yeah. had already begun and they were to a point where they couldn't go back Ugh. like his life would be too worse off yeah they just needed to end it i'm gonna be reading about this guy because this is a fascinating story and there's a lot and that's it, why i looked yeah. into it i thought okay so back to merle yeah it's noted that after meeting carol or carl chessman mm-hmm. merle and this was in the solitary confinement so in the worst place of the prison after meeting him he decided merle decided he was ready to change his life so while after meeting, that's why I went, kind of went into detail because it, it did kind of turn Merle around meeting this guy. Okay. Um, so after meeting, changed his life. While in prison, he earned his high school diploma and was able to get another prison job because he had lost it before, probably lost that privilege. Um, and everything probably in prison has to be approved by right. the warden or somebody. Right. So he's able to get a high school diploma and get another prison job. So he's turning his life around. Um but it also should be noted that Merle Haggard was in the, and this is kind of the, the climax of the story. Okay. Um, should Good. be noted that Merle Been Haggard for that. was in the audience during Johnny Cash's performance at St. Quentin Prison. Wow. Which we have right here. As oh, well, now that on yeah. our vinyl roll. Yeah, wall. they're just right. They're separated by Bob Dylan and Blue Oyster Cult. But look at that, Johnny. Right. Wow. That's pretty cool. So that must have inspired him. It did. So yeah. that that being the final push for Haggard to get his life straight and to pursue a career in music, uh, he quickly joined the prison band and was soon honored with playing the Warden Show, where he was paid with cigarettes and a steak dinner in prison. Wow. So we went from $5 and a beer to cigarettes and a steak. And that's the story of Merle, baby. Wow. Okie from Muskogee rode off into the country music history. Well, wait. So he... We're going to have to... He got out of out, prison. He got out of prison. Got and his he, life together. Pursued he was, music. He decided that was his passion. And that's and it, that's what music. it said. Yeah. But we don't. We still don't know what his big break was, really, do we? Um, I don't. But there's that famous song by him, "Mama Cried" or "Mama Said" or something like that. Mama cried. Mama tried to make me better. Da, 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 da. I don't mama, know. If, mama tried. Mama tried. Yeah. I don't know if that was his first one, but that's funny because remember when his when he was such a bad kid. Uh-huh. And his dad had died. His mom was working, and she sent him to the correctional institute. Yeah, I think that's a reflection of that time. Mama, Mama tried. Or okay, yeah, cool. I love that song. Actually, there have been 
and I grew up, my dad actually had a Ford garage and they had a radio playing when I was just a little kid. And I remember they always had country. I think it was maybe the only station. Sure. In a little town of Hope in South Dakota. In South Dakota, sure. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was, a lot of times, you know, some of the songs to me as a kid were just kind of like, you know, you kind of hear that. Or the boom chuck. Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't, I didn't know much about music then and I wasn't a big fan of country music. But there was always, you know, throughout my youth, there was a certain song that caught my attention regardless. And that's kind of what, we're just going to, I'll just kind of touch on what I'm going to talk about and not do it in this episode because we're already almost up to an hour. But um, Mama Tried was one of those too. Okay. Um, it was just like a catchy tune and it caught my attention and I'd find myself singing it. Well, it wasn't your so. typical country song either no, because it started no. off with like, and I think if I'm right, I don't know, but it's like he, he hits the D chord, dun dun, and then it's this little lead, guitar lead. And I'm thinking back in the day, uh, I mean, you had Johnny Cash with Luther Perkins, but I'm, I think they stayed pretty close to the boom, chicka boom, chicka boom, boom, chicka boom, chicka boom, chicka boom. And talking about trucks and dogs and beers and bars and, and bars. stuff like that. Right. Oh, there's a Mama Tried guitar lesson on here, but that's... Oh, I'll have to learn it. Yeah, that's not the one I'm looking for. So, wow, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And Merle Haggard, baby. Merle Haggard. Incidentally, the one thing I will say about Mr. Chessman, um, just glancing at some information about him, it does say that his case attracted worldwide attention and helped propel the movement to end the use of capital punishment in the state of California. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was a landmark. I, I think in some way case. he was wronged. I mean, he may have committed some serious crimes, right. and it's bad. And if it's rape, okay, I totally get it. Yeah. But it definitely sounds in that, in that specific time frame. How about a little bit of Mama Tried? Sorry. Well, how about a little bit of Mama Tried? <laughs> no, I'm go, done. I, you know, done. he just, you know, it was a special case. He wasn't really given a fair trial or maybe a fair right go right. at the at the situation and being executed wasn't a, a worthy punishment. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. But I'm ready for some Mama Well, trial. there was, as I said, and looking at this, and it means I'm going to spend more time reading about it because it sounded like there was a lot of different things going on. There was some kind of kidnapping um, interpretation based on the Lindbergh um, kidnapping. Oh yeah, and yeah. and I think that was later repealed, and then he got he hey, fell. You, it was just bad timing. Real quick, you. Uh, yeah. I think we should go out with Mama Tried, but uh, we should. But I'll just real quick. I wanted yeah. to say, and then you say, and then I'll say, and then we'll end. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you say, and then I'll say, and then we'll end. I'll quick plug a cool podcast, murder podcast that covers that and other famous uh, murders uh, is called My Favorite Murder. Oh yeah, um, and there and, and I'm sure a lot of podcasters have heard that. Heard okay, that. but it's my wife's favorite. Anyways, that's cool. what you should check out since you like death and stuff. And and it's called again. My favorite murder. My favorite murder. I've heard of that, but I don't think I've actually watched that. So I will have to watch mm-hmm. that. And real quickly, I want to mention that what I was going to talk about today is actually country as well, which oh. is pretty cool. Okay, but we did we did the performance of Good Riddance, the Green Day song Good Riddance, and talk about synchronicity again that same week i think it was the same week after we did american idiots and talked about green day okay i watched we happened upon a documentary about glenn campbell okay crossover he was a country star but he's one of the first i think probably the first artist that won a grammy for country and pop because oh. his songs really crossed over and i 
was at an age where Glenn Campbell had an impact on me too, because you heard him on the radio all the time. Whether you listen to country radio or a pop radio, you heard Glenn Campbell. Sure, yeah. And this was about him having dementia in his last oh, tour. Yeah, that's so was, right. Yeah, it was really fascinating. But then as I'm after watching it, as I'll often do, I was kind of Googling Glenn and looking up stuff, and I saw Glenn Campbell, Good Riddance, and he had actually covered Green Day's Good Riddance as well. What? Yes. Really? Yeah. So we're going to talk about that more. Talk about Jimmy Webb, who's an incredible songwriter who wrote uh, several of Glenn Campbell's biggest hits. Um, but we'll wait, we'll wait till now. Next do you time have do a that. recording of? I do. I do. I have that. You want to play it? Or well, I don't know. What's it going to be? Is it going to be Mama Tried or is it going to be... Mama Tried uh, or... I don't... I mean, I don't care. Or do you want to make them wait? I think we should wait. The and suspense. We'll tell the, yeah, we'll tell the rest of the story because I want to talk a little bit about Wichita Lineman, which I realized and had forgotten growing up was one of my favorite songs ever. And that's a Jimmy Webb song that Glenn Campbell played. So we'll... So yeah. what you're saying is stay tuned for mini episode three. That's what I'm saying. This is like a big teaser. For, you know, hopefully we don't lose to me like Glenn Campbell. What? Who's that? No, we're going to hear. He's his no version. Zach Wilde. Yeah. But he was a good guitar player, right? He was an amazing. That's guitar what I remember. Yeah. yeah. He was a smoking guitar player. And not a lot of people knew that. Like <laughs> we said, Karen Carpenter drummer. We've uh, got. Uh, what was the other <laughs> who was the other guy? We got Glenn Campbell, Karen Carpenter drummer. Oh, Nat King Cole. Keyboards. Nat King Cole. Yeah. Keyboards. And Glenn Campbell on guitar. So here we go. Thanks for listening once again to Outside the Mic. And don't forget to check us out on OutsideTheMic.com or all your favorite podcast streaming platforms. First thing I remember knowing was a lonesome whistle blowing and the youngest dream of growing up to ride. On a freight train leaving town, not knowing where I'm bound, no one could change my mind but Mama tried.